You're listening to Consolidate That. Ukraine is my motherland. It is now under a savage attack by Russia. Ukraine is shielding Europe and the rest of the civilized world from Putin's barbaric aggression. Ukrainians are brave and effectively fighting back. Let's help. Make a donation to Armed Forces of Ukraine. Link is in the show notes. Hashtag Stand with Ukraine. Welcome back to Consolidate That. Ivan, I'm looking forward to uh, this second part episode. We we wrapped up the previous episode. Uh, we had a, a little break and had a fantastic guest, but we've got another second part here talking about our value creation plans. And I think we left off the last episode teeing up to discuss our solar system model in this one. Um, so if you'd like, why don't you say hello to the people and, and kick us off? Hello, the people. <laughs> Good to see you, Ryan, again. Uh, and we, yes, we did talk about the hospital level improvements, and that's essentially what we call an, an asteroid improvements. Uh, it means that it could be done on uh, even a standalone hospital. So we don't have to have a local, what some people call hub and spoke, and what we call solar system, because we're all galaxy. All about cosmos so um so solar system is our unit the regional unit which is composed of 10 plus hospitals plus the emergency or slash urgent care in the middle and a couple more things that we're going to discuss today all right well do you know any of them uh ryan i know you talked to to our potential partners which one would you like to hear more about i would like to hear about what we call our star so that all right. centralized location yeah. So, so typically, and, and I want to explain why we do what we do. So typically any consolidation or roll-up benefits from what's called hub and spoke. And the hub is usually a central facility that does a little bit more than others and spokes essentially smaller hospitals uh, than in the vitri concept are sort of GPs. Uh, the challenge of our market right now is that 75% or even more of specialty hospitals, which there's about 2000 of them, are all acquired. And, uh, and as they were acquired, they were acquired with insane pricing last year, I think it was 26 hospital uh, acquired by NVA uh, ethos group. Yeah, I think yeah. 1.65 billion. If I understand it correctly, that was close to 65 million per hospital. So that, that is the, there's a high price for a specialty hospital. So what we thought about is usually you invest a lot of money up front to build the specialty hospital. So we decided we're going to start with components. So modular sort of build, not build out, you know, five, you know, three and a half to $5 million facility, but start with the urgent care or ER. So essentially when you go up to 10 hospitals in one region that you partner with, it makes sense to stop sending your cases that require overnight care and emergency care in general, uh, something like a splenectomy or, you know, something critical to overnight hospitals as elsewhere, because you're sending the client and the revenue uh, to your competitors. So we want to build this concept that we call a star, which is the center of the solar system, which is the urgent care uh, and emergency hospital with lab in it and uh, with a surgical center attached to it. And let me just break those down. Um, so the first one is, uh, well, ER in general. So ER is a fairly fast to ramp up facility. You can actually ramp up ER in nine to 12 months, almost up to 50 million in revenue. If you're in a good region or where you're guaranteed to send all the cases to ER, which 
when you acquire or partner with 10 plus hospitals, you essentially create that network uh, that will be sending you enough cases. Plus, you're going to be servicing the, the hospitals in the region. Um, the second part of it is labs. So what um, has been done, and uh, VCA has done it with Antac, they did it through acquisition and sort of, I, I think, as, a, as an idea, creative idea, we're thinking about it up front. And we're not thinking about building a national lab and competing with IDEX and Antac because that would be nonsense. But the, uh, the idea is that you can build a fairly unsophisticated lab with uh, just the hematology, biochemistry, endocrinology, urinalysis, and maybe even fecals and some cytology, uh, which could be run by essentially two, three people. But you could cut significant overhead from uh, the lab services. Uh, from what I know in the lab world, uh, it is a 40 to 50% margin business. I mean, you have to run it at scale to get there. But uh, if you're sending $100 to your external lab, usually... 40 or 50 is profit for them. So if you think about building your own lab and establishing your own little courier service inside, I, you know, we, we don't want to fly samples between the, the cities, at least not from the beginning, then we can do non-sophisticated lab work like that at scale using wet chemistry, which is the big lab would use. So that's, that's sort of an idea for the lab. Okay. So we're talking within that star, we're thinking urgent care slash ER lab specialty and some of the surgical stuff. I think it would be cool to talk a little bit about maybe some of the capacity management that, that comes from the solar system and how looking at the idea of centralizing some of the surgical and some of the the team, you know, the flexibility there would be would be neat to look at. So yeah, so thank you for actually uh, kind of giving me a softball on that because there's two uh, main things that are happening that are within our thesis and, and our purpose. Uh, our purpose at Galaxy is decreasing the burnout in the veterinary domain. And by having a hub and spoke, this solar system concept, we have some things that optimize work-life balance for people and create a variety of work. But let me just dive into the surgical center and then uh, and then we'll kind of come back from it to to the, some tactics and burnout prevention. So the uh, surgical center idea came from a hospital that I worked in British Columbia in uh, on Vancouver Island. It was a central Victoria Veterinary Hospital and it was owned by 11 different owners that had little satellite practices and they didn't do anything in their hospitals but the vaccination and sort of you know ear infections and uh, medication and uh, food sales and it was a very lifestyle it was so, sort of semi-retirement mode and they would be open four out of five days friday is a food sales day when there's no vet on premise and uh you know two hour lunch and nine to three schedule so they're very laid back back folks uh, but they wouldn't do any surgery. They wouldn't even draw blood in their facilities, which I think that is something that we should be doing in Galaxy. Uh, they were sending everybody centrally where I was in the ER vet. But what was interesting is each of those vets had a surgical day. So not that they were not doing spays and neuters in their clinics. Uh, well, they were not doing it in clinics, but they would have, let's say Wednesday is my cutting day. And I would just bunch all the uh, regular procedures like spays, neuters, and stuff like that. And then say, my surgical day is Wednesday. And uh, you show up at a general hospital where we have a specialized team that will do uh, surgery. And I will be your surgeon, but it's just not done here. And first, 
I thought it was, you know, people are not going to like that. Like, why would people want to go to another hospital? They, you know, why would you make your, your, your clients travel somewhere else? But the reality is, is that spay is sort of a once in a lifetime event for a pet. So you don't go spaying your dog every week or twice a year. If you're doing that, I think you're doing it wrong. That is a good way to put it, right? <laughs> if you're doing it, that's a, that should go into the into the surgery textbook, I think. So, uh, so yeah, it's a once in a lifetime event, and people are used to that. You don't go to your surgeon uh, to be examined for whatever reason, and they say, "Yep, please feel uh, free to get a hop on this table, and we're going to cut you right here." They will examine. They'll do diagnostics always send you somewhere else for those diagnostics and once they receive them they say yep yeah, on wednesdays is my surgical day in our general hospital where i do surgeries same concept why would one do that because we are so much underutilizing our or space in the gps essentially most clinics are run through sort of morning appointments then a couple hours of surgery during the day and then they continue with the appointments in the afternoon so for those couple hours of surgery during the day, we have anesthetic machine, monitoring machines. We have the full room and underutilized square footage of that OR, but we're cutting only a couple hours a day. So I think that there's a better use of that space. And then if we centralize surgical procedures, A, we're going to have safer environment for procedures. We will have the team that is dedicated to do surgery and passionate about. Some nurses are more passionate about that. Um, you also create a facility where you could train your new grads who don't know how to cut. Uh, they didn't know sort of when I graduated and now they don't know at all. So that's a good training facility. You could have a specialist in that facility that would be overlooking this, a boarded surgeon or uh, even an anesthesiologist, whether it's local or remote, but for the complicated procedures. So, so that is the optimization. The cogs that you optimize through that are incredible. So basically, you're not wasting a lot of stuff that you would when you're in uh, doing all these surgeries in your small ORs. So when you're looking at that, it's it's a reduction of the cogs. It's a reduction of the capital expenditure within the practices um, or our planets, as we think of them. Uh, you're reducing your operating expenses as well within those because you're sort of consolidating the need for equipment across the entire space. And it's it's interesting because as I'm talking to practice owners every day, um, a lot of them will say, you know, this is how many exam rooms we have. And we have one surgical suite. Or we have two surgical suites. We do this. And, but we've just bought, and as we look through financials, we see people just bought a $100,000 machine or a $200,000 machine. And then we talk to a practice down the street and they just bought the same machine. And they're dropping a lot of those same things across the board. Um, and I think that's why when we were first creating Galaxy Vets, we came up with our term of a veterinary healthcare system because we really do want to emulate some of that, those things that you see in the, in the human healthcare side of um, expectations for the patient. So they see the, so as we we're saying, you know, they see that replication of items within the practices and, and those things. But as we centralize that, where do you see the utilization of those ORs within the practice, the, the space that they already have set aside? That's a great question. You, you're, uh, you're throwing these softballs for me all day. We're a team. We're a team. Um, we only team up uh, when we have guests to go after them. So that's right. So yeah, great question. So then uh, now you have a now you have an empty room, and uh, 
this is a perfect room to utilize for something else that you want to do at the level of the hospital. And what we don't do enough in veterinary medicine, I believe, and, and more so uh, Medmark doesn't believe, uh, the equipment company, so shout out to my friend Andrew Schultz, um, they uh, did this experiment with one of the large networks. They said, can we actually measure how many dental procedures you're doing in your hospitals and then see if we can boost that revenue for you. So essentially their equipment company, so obviously they want to sell the equipment, but they established the entire dental program that uh, they would actually sell you equipment. They will look at your uh, at your building and they will uh, help you with providing even marketing materials to market to your clients dental procedures and also uh, they have a training program to train your technicians and train your DVMs to do dentals and to look at the dental x-rays and that's unfortunately for some reason is something that is not taught in the vet school so we are supposedly we, we should be doing dentals but nobody teaches us how to so midmark wanted to solve for that. They have a board of dentists that is, uh, that is also within that program. And essentially what the, the, the plan for Galaxy is once we move the surgery centrally, now you have that OR, you can retrofit two dental stations in it. And if it's marketed properly, they had results up to 20% jump in revenue based just on dentals. And according to their stats, if I remember them correctly, is that every pet over three years old requires dental at least once in two years, uh, just the sort of regular prophylactic scaling. So uh, dogs, same teeth as humans, but they don't brush their teeth. So they even need it more often than we do. And we try to go twice a year, or at least once a year to dentist. So that is, again, something that is available when you have this hub and spoke system. You can really optimize the utilization of your or uh, by retrofitting dental and your staff is actually practicing to the full and to the top of their license, which technicians, some technicians love doing dentals. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I think we'll definitely make sure that we link that episode that we did last season with with the, with the folks from Midmark. Um, but I think something that's cool there is how that ties into some of the burnout prevention triggers that we're able to actually implement by utilizing the whole solar system model. Can you can you elaborate a little bit more on how we look at the solar system as a tool to to reduce burnout? Yeah, so so that there, there's tons in there. So the full utilization of Galaxy thesis on burnout prevention, which I was so excited to develop over the last three to five years, actually, there's some things that are not very traditional to to veterinary organizations, but I, I'm very anxious to try them and to measure happiness in our veterinarians after. So one of those things, uh, veterinarians get bored as anybody. If you're doing the same thing over and over and over, you get bored from what you do. So then you're trying to change your job. You're, uh, you know, you're tired of what you're doing. There's actually a trigger of burnout, which is redundancy of work. So what we are going to do as a solar system, we're going to unlock the solar system to everybody to rotate within. Um, so essentially, if you're a technician or the vet, you're not hired into a particular hospital. 
you can if you want if you like the you know the uh, uh long-term sort of maintenance of the chronic diseases and the clientele there's some people like myself i was always a wanderer i wanted to be in many clinics i wanted to go from one to another and experience the teams and then when i experienced the team that i didn't like i never came back so that's why i was doing my relief work so we're locking the relief work as well as the full-time employees by the way you only need to be 24 hours in galaxy to be qualified for uh, equity in the organization. So the relief network is actually going to enrich our regular hospitals, but everybody rotates. What that does, A, if I'm passionate about ER, but I can't do it full time, I can do one shift a week or one shift in two weeks. If I just had kids and I want to have more time with my kids at home, I can work in telemedicine. I can do three shifts a week in telemedicine. I can do ER because I just had kids, but I like my GP clients. And two days a week, I'm in two different hospitals doing GP shifts. So essentially, you're allowing people to have this variety of work and they're circulating, but it creates a very interesting aspect of quality assurance, as they call it. We have the internal software, it's called Upmo. So it's uh, Up Motivation, um, and that's what it stands for. So it's an app in which when you leave the hospital, you can rate your shift. Essentially, it's like it's like Uber. You basically leave the area, and by geolocation, we know that you're done with your shift. We'll pop a five-star rating, just rate your shift. A five-star shift, two-star shift, one-star shift, and then if you're willing to give us a little more, if it was not a very good shift, if it's lower than four, then we will ask you to type up why. And then the same thing will happen for doctors, nurses, and for those that are in the hospital. So as you rotate people, people can rate clinics, clinics can rate people. So if you have the same person go to three different hospitals, and all three hospitals say that you're a two-star doctor, well, there's something that we need to talk about and figure out why. Or if many doctors and nurses go to this hospital, never want to go back. They never want to come back and work with this team. And they rated this hospital as two or one. There's something in the hospital, whether there is a process not right, whether they're not trained to our culture, or there's bad apples on the team. So that's, that's important too. So it's an internal quality assurance program, which allows to give continuous feedback on a daily basis. And that is what rolling up to our scorecard in the organization. And we're monitoring that number continuously. What, what I think we jumped into and passed was the centralization of both the employee scheduling and also the utilization of, of a relief network. You know, you, you mentioned that in your career, uh, you, you wandered between different, different locations. And I think the data shows that the average relief doctor, um, despite in our mind, we think of them as these nomadic wanderers that go from practice to practice, but the average doctor really only works in about three or four practices. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about that. How we how we intend to utilize some centralized scheduling as well as scheduling alongside our own internal relief team. That's that's a great that's a great question. So as as you know, the big part of of my story was doing a lot of locums, especially after I burned out. I found joy in in connecting with the teams that I want to work, not people that I don't. So just to add to that quality control, one long-term dream, we're not doing that yet, but something that I picked up from the software companies. So large software companies, I don't remember who it was, but they're doing this internal job fair. 
which is very interesting. So, uh, oh my God, who was doing it? I think it was Steam, the the uh, the gaming company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they had essentially different teams and different product owners would have a job fair and they would advertise, even though all people work in this company for Steam, but then the product owners are allowed to poach different programmers, the backend, frontend developers, designers from team to team. So they would do this annual job fair where, you know, the product owner would say on our team, we have the best coffee, we have lounge, we have, you know, we're doing, um, you know, weekly ping pong, you know, competition, whatever that is. So what you do, you actually amongst the people that are already working in the organization, compete for talent to be attracted to select you to work with you. My long-term dream about Galaxy is actually to have that. So even we're in one solar system, then having this little job fair, which could be a great sort of exercise and and the event for everybody, but then clinics would say, look, our clinic provides best coffee or whatever it is. Um, And um, anyway, so that's that's something that, uh, that I think we can do. But that needs to be powered by a very sophisticated scheduling. So that's what you asked. The way I manage my schedule as the locum, uh, I think I was kind of innovative in that. There's a couple platforms that we love and they're out there. So uh, Ruvet, uh, Relief Rover, those are that are kind of pioneering the space of relief networks. One thing that I did for myself, I provided my schedule to the clinics. I didn't ask them to email me. So at that time, which was a while ago, but I had a Google Calendar. And I said, this is my calendar. It was, usually it was half a year ahead. And I said, instead of calling me or emailing me, log into my calendar and just book me into the shift in your clinic. And I commit to be there. That was the requirement. I was committed to actually be there if you booked me into it. So what it created for me, I said, I want to work three days next week, then seven days the week after. And then take a vacation for 10 days and then work two more days and then go for another three days on vacation. So I essentially assign how I want to work. And then the clinics were finding me and, and uh, slotting me into their clinics, which worked amazing. I didn't care where they scheduled me. I know that these five clinics that I love and I love their teams. And it was such a relief. I never had to have a headache as a as a. Um, as a locum, where do I need to find more job? Am I going to have enough? I, you know, I budgeted and then everybody scheduled me. So working on that centralized scheduling, which will actually manage all the solar system is one of those big uh, value creation plan items that we're working on at the moment. That's great. I I know there's, there's a lot of those things and um, it's neat because relief doctors right now are not getting all of the upsides that we're seeing as, as consolidation is growing within the market. We're not, they're not seeing the opportunity to have long-term retirement benefits. They're not seeing the opportunity to have equity or ownership. Like we can offer them through an ESOP or even health benefits because they're independent contractors, um, which I've been many times in my life. And it's, it's a lot nicer to um, have someone else pick up the, a lot of the tab for your health insurance especially if you get sick or anything happens or you have babies or anything there. So it's really neat to be able to see that. What's, which one, which parts haven't we tackled? I know we've hit on a lot of the things, but what do you think is something we haven't tackled that, that uh, people should hear about? I think the last one is uh, that, uh, that when you grow to a certain size, you should start thinking about uh, in most consolidators. I don't, I haven't seen it before, like 50 units or so. 
um, is starting to centralize phone services. So that's another one that you can do as a hub and spoke. Uh, we are going to work on that. There's not much uh, I can reveal in that, but that's still in the plans as well, because you can really optimize your reception if they're actually focusing on the customer care rather than phone. Uh, telemedicine will definitely alleviate that because a lot of things are now coming in through texting to teletriage team rather than the reception. And then uh, by relieving the phone call in the hospital, you can actually optimize their work. Something I think that's kind of interesting about how we look at this and that's scary for a lot of the people that I talk to and anybody listening to this, if you're on a practice and we've been chatting, you're probably thinking these things are cool. They're interesting ideas and they're, they're interesting, but how are they going to affect my team? Does this mean that I'm going to lose doctors? Doctors aren't going to be with me or my technicians aren't going to be my technicians or my receptionists aren't going to have a job. But it's interesting as we look at each one of these, they're, all including the same labor teams or more labor and more people able to do more things and continue to be more passionate about the things that they're doing, um, which I think is kind of neat. Uh, when we talk about telemedicine a lot, a lot of the owners that I talk to think that we're going to be replacing their receptionist and there's not going to be a person there to, to greet people when they walk in the door. But I think we're looking at utilizing the scale and the, and the solar system model to be able to increase the personal touch, the access to care, the dedication of the for the labor force and the people doing the work to be able to really hone in on something that gets them excited. Yeah, and I just want to add to that that you, this, this is a really good point because I don't think there's anything worse than while you're talking to a human being trying to pay your bill, the phone rings and someone picks up the phone and starts talking without work instead of working with you. I remember I went to uh, West LA Animal Hospital that that was uh, my friend Dick Gephardt built it and that was the first acquisition by VCA many years ago. They have four floors hospital, huge, huge hospital. And then when you get to their reception, it's quiet. Their phones are not ringing. What a nice experience. We are communicating with someone. They are not responsible for the phone. So, so I think that that is very important in the customer care. So by implementing these instruments or value creation items, we're trying to increase the communication time for, for the receptionists with the, uh, with the clients. And, um, and another thing that I wanted to mention with the networks of relief vets that now can be a part of Galaxy, uh, we're also unlocking the potential of single vet practices to join us. And I know that you're talking to a lot of single vets out there. Right. Um, Galaxy is happy to chat with you guys. We have the network effect that will support you and we can partner with you. So if you're out there with a single vet hospital, talk to us. Yeah, I'd love to talk to anyone. I'm if our podcast doesn't tell you anything, it's that both Ivan and I like to talk. So you just let <laughs> us know. We're happy to do it. I think this covered a bunch of amazing things. Um, and, you know, there's more that we have posted on our website, on our Galaxy Vets website, and there's the videos and all sorts of things too that people can see to see how we look at growing the solar system. But um, again, appreciate it. Looking forward to to the next episodes and some trips that we have coming up and uh, happy to to dive into more things soon. Likewise, Ryan, thank you for the chat and uh, see you uh, next week in California. You got it. Thank you so much for listening to Consolidate That. If you want to hear our new episodes, please find us on any podcast platform. Also, you can learn more about us on our website at galaxyvets.com.